Blog Talk Radio. is 
And I was just like, you know, when you go through the book, it's like, oh, this is really going to help me stay focused. And, you know, it gives you a monthly situation and check-ins and a daily thing. I mean, it's, it's very thorough. But this is a situation that's kind of new to me, you know, because a lot of the time those of us who work with gods are like, well, we'll work with this God or we'll work with that God, and angels get short shrift and, and basically don't get any attention at all. So that's problematic, is it not? I think one of the things that I have definitely noticed as I've worked in the world of angels, let's put it that way, um, was yeah. that people haven't actually come to the practical side of their angel guides. So we're ah. used to looking like, so the angel numbers are not new and we're used to like calling on a specific angel, say Archangel Michael, if we need assistance mm-hmm. or whatever Archangel you might work with. But to bring them into a practical day-to-day experience, that's kind of being glossed over a little bit. So I wanted to ground this energy in and say, hey, listen, there's this whole other group of angelic beings that is literally just sitting around, like twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to get to know that they're there. And they could make your life a little more easier if if you let them which I could certainly use. It's been a hell of a year so far for me, and I need all the guidance and assistance I can get. So, you know, a lot of the time when you say angels, it goes to the Catholic imagery of angels. My, For example, my mother's a Pentecost, and for her an angel is like Fabio with more muscles and wings. You know what I mean? Like that's her that's, – That's my mother's literal image of what an angel is for her. But that's not reality, right? You you know, one of the things I've noticed is is that the angels will come to us uh, in a way or in a form that is most relatable to us. So I think that if you have a strong um, Catholic or Christian background, I'm Roman Catholic, uh, but... They're not, I'm not practicing Catholic. But I think if you have, if you're very practiced in a specific faith, then I think you already have a predisposed bias of that imagery. For the rest of us, however, our angels can kind of show up in a multitude of forms, and most of them are pretty ordinary. Uh, and it's, it could be one of those things where one of your angels might have actually presented themselves as a guide and you have mistaken them for something else because perhaps they mm. didn't fit that bias that you've got in your brain. Interesting. So angels, angels are not, okay, so I wanted to spell some myths about angels because there's a lot of them, I think. And one of them being that, Angels are people, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, angels are not our dead relatives, right? Or are they? Am I wrong? I'm, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Could you ask that question again, please? Oh, yes, I'm so sorry. Um, angels are not our past relatives, are they? No, 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 no. So there is a whole realm 
of frequencies that is called the angelic realm. It is quite separate from humanity that is us. Wow, that's cool. I'm glad to know that because a lot of my relatives didn't particularly like me. <laughs> so I kind of feel better knowing that. <laughs> I'd be scared of some of my people. You know what I mean? Some of my people were scary people. Um, but I wanted to ask, you know, I think a lot of people shy away from from engaging with angels because of the Catholic and Christian background. And I think, you know, having spent some time with your book, that's a real disservice, not to, not just to angels, but to you yourself, to, to continue to reject out of hand. I think everybody is waiting for this lightning bolt to hit them of whatever entity is trying to work with them. Is that necessarily the case with angels? Yeah, I think I think there is a lot of resistance. I was very resistant um, to work with them as well because of the religious dogma and the church upbringing yeah. I had. So, and I have spoken to a lot of people who have said, you know, I've wanted to work with angels, I've wanted to stick my toe in it, but I don't want to go back down that religious rabbit hole. So, I think there is a need to, again, bring in this secular, um, more faith-based, spiritual faith-based relationship to our angelic guides. Because I do think, as you say, like it shuts the door on a whole bunch of help and assistance and magic and miracles that is just readily available to us because of some pre-ingrained bias we have that we're based on very limited information. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes from exactly the dogma of Catholicism and Christianity really separate us from things that we should be able to have access to, not just angels. I mean, I think we're trying so hard to separate out that we're we're even coaching and couching our our speech. You know, I I get laughed at because people are like, well, you know, you're a witch, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm religious, and that's my practice. It's a religion, and it's what I practice, and it's what I do, and you know, I get a lot of feathers ruffled at me for using the word religion, and I'm like, no one group owns the word and no one group should own angels you know similarly so I think once we get past our own biases from our childhood for a lot of us um, it makes it much easier to be open to things that we would otherwise shut the door on because of how it quote unquote sounds does that make sense exactly Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, I think one of the things about, one of the fantastic things for me about spirituality is that we get to build something that is uniquely for us. So we get mm-hmm. to relate to teachings, practices, rituals, and ceremonies in a way that makes sense to the life that we are living 
And that's part of being able to step out of institutionalized practices and institutionalized rules and bring them into that very personal space, which to me is what spirituality is. Spirituality is a very personal, uh, intimate journey that every single individual will take in a profoundly unique way. Absolutely. So I kind of feel like you've been holding out on us. (laughs) 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 And my feelings were a little hurt. And I'm like, well, I mean, she's had all this knowledge and she's obviously been dealing with these entities that, you know, the rest of us are not aware of because I've not heard of any, I mean, is it just me? I had not heard of any of the angels that are in the book. No, it's not the, just you, no. and, okay. and and I think that, and I think, well, here's the thing. There's so many angels. There's literally millions of angels. So, it, like, even wow. in my lifetime, if I was just to dedicate the rest of my writing life to angels, I still wouldn't even be able to cover the entire spectrum of, you know, who they are, the different the different types of angels, the different work that they do and how they relate to the human experience. So I think that knowing that this is a very vast topic and that we're all going to have different angels that present to us, uh, that understanding helps us a little bit too. So it's not that you didn't know about these angels. You might have a whole other set of angels that have been knocking on your door and the angels in my book are merely a gateway to the possibility that maybe now you'll hear the knock. Yeah, and you know, your book is so beautifully done because it keeps you engaged with a task, with a, a set of goals, so to speak. I mean, it, it's, it's really about personal growth. And, you know, like this month was manifestation, and I went to the book on the 2nd of March, and I was like, oh, I can work with Willow. This is going to be fun. And then it was like, no, you have to start at the beginning of the month. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I get it. So I am. I didn't go through um, April yet because I want it to be fresh. When April 1st happens, I'm going to be working with faith. So I'm excited about that because I I always feel like in certain times, for certain reasons, things do really have a plan. So maybe it's more important for me to go to the angel of growth first. It's probably the way it's supposed to be, which is why it's happening the way it is. I just find it fascinating because you really opened my eyes up to the fact that there are guardians. There's more than just, you know, being Wiccan, it's like I have a set of gods and I have a bunch of pantheons and fill in the blank, and it's all very almost dry, cut and dried. And this is like, oh, but you have all these options that you've been ignoring. And, again, my angels, my personal angels may not be the same as your personal angels, but this is such a great way to open up to that possibility because of the way you laid out the book. You've got to tell me 
how this book came about. And But before you do that, you've also got to tell me, why did they pick you to do this book? Okay, so I don't know why they picked me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they could have picked someone who was a lot less resistant to writing this kind of content, to be perfectly honest. Um, I have a really complicated relationship with the angels, and it is one of those things where I am a little resistant to write about them and teach about them, and that's kind of been my whole journey with them all the way along. So I don't know. Maybe they like stubborn people. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why they picked me. I am sure there's there's like a million other people out there who like pray every day for this sort of stuff and they gave it to me. So I don't know. Listen, the universe works in mysterious ways. It's not my place to judge. It is just my place to show up and serve. So that's the answer True. to that question. True. <laughs> the next so question how did, is... So, yes, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. The answer to the next question is, is I really wrote this book for myself um, because I had never come across anything that mapped out a day-to-day -day consistent thematic journey with an angel. Yeah. So when, and I've got to tell you, I'll probably never write another book like this again because this book was torture to write. Um, but oh gosh, that <laughs> it was, it really was one of those things of I wanted something for me. I wanted a reference book for me that if I wanted to work on manifestation, that I would have this 30 day journey that was pretty much mapped out with all the prompts with all the journal work, with the devotional work, with the angel, and I would be able to come in and take that journey and I wouldn't really have to think too much about it. Or let's just say I wanted to, uh, let me just flip through here, let's just say I wanted to work with um, the angel of play because, you know, I've had a pretty heavy work schedule the last three years. I might need to learn how to play all over again. So I can then go to that chapter, again, follow the prompts, work with, work with pen, uh, you know, guardian angel pen, and get back into this vortex. It's putting us in this very concentrated vortex of angelic frequency that we can tap into just for that period of time. And I want to talk a little bit about when you said you went to March 2nd. I think you should have stuck with it and started on March 2nd because this book you could really? jump around with if you wanted to. You yeah. don't have to be too, you know, rigid with it. And, in fact, when we, when we got to the editing part of this book, that was one of the things my editor said. But what if I want to do manifestation in November? And I'm like, we'll do manifestation in November. The angels don't care. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the way you have it laid out because it, it gives you a roadmap. And some people, you know, especially folks who are neurodivergent, and I've got ADD, so it's kind of like, you know, I like having guideposts. I like having do this here, do this now, do this late. You know what I mean? So for someone mm -hmm. like me, um, I find it immensely helpful especially since I am first now because of you dipping my toes in the angel pool, as it were. It's, I just love the fact that you're, like, very concise. 
with it. I mean, I understand that there is room room to groove, as it were, but it's also if you need structure like that, which I sometimes do. My day job is very hectic. Doing the show can get very hectic, so I've, and I've got a lot of responsibilities outside both of those things. So, you know, for me, it's like having instruction is important. So I love it for that reason. I love the fact that I can start over, you know, and do a different month at a different time too. But to just start, I like the structure. So that's very helpful. Yes, and that was important to me too when I sat down and did it because, as I said, that's what grounds the information into us, right? That's what brings it out of those ethereal realms and makes it practical day-to-day stuff. Oh, so this is information coming from the celestial realms, but it's really, really, you know, practical for my day-to-day life. And I think that's one of the missing pieces in a lot of philosophy and spirituality and new ageism and and all of the little things that we shove under that umbrella are very philosophical or theoretical and people can get confused especially newbies when they're like okay but like how's this going to make my day better and this kind of just rounds that in and says well if you do this maybe so they might actually have something magical happen to you and you're like okay So a great guide path, not just for angels, although I know you wrote it specifically about angel guidance, but it's really applicable to any kind of working with any entity, I would think, to have that, you know, you do this invitational prayer um, at the beginning of the month to invite the energy in. I thought that was brilliant that you did that, Um, and the fact that at the end of the month you have I call it the closing ceremony, but basically it's like closing circle. You know, if if you're you're a witch doing circle, you know, you open the circle to invite the energy, and when you're done with your working, you close it. You know, you don't leave leave pockets of shit laying around. You know, at least you're not supposed to. So I thought that was really great that you put that in because it's very much like a detailed Wiccan practice, as it were, for folks that, that think along those lines, which I do. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, are there any bad angels? Are there any bad angels? That's kind of like saying, are there any bad tarot cards? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm a newbie at this. You're going to have to bear with the questions. (laughs) I I think one of the, again, that premise comes out of religion, right? That comes Ah, out of religion. Like if you you do something against the rules, then you'll attract one of the bad guys. Um, And that Ah. is a form of patriarchal punishment because that was how they used to keep the women in line, right? So we we don't follow those rules. Because, like, that's not what we do as spiritually powerful women. We are all Mary Magdalene's in that respect, and that is that we are creating our own sacred space and our own sacred journey, and we're going to connect to whoever the hell we want. Right on. I love that. Okay, I didn't know. I was just checking. Okay, listen, you know, we're talking about entities that I don't know all that much about, 
I'm not afraid to take the hit with a dumb question. My bad. <laughs> I think that, I think that it's a good question because I think anyone anyone coming to this work for the first time is probably the same. They probably have only heard about this in a religious context, so they would have those fears and those doubts and those questions. Well, thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> okay, so what are the signs? Well, you know what? I, the first thing I really want to know is how do they make themselves known to you? For me, I see them. Um, I can actually see the. I, I can actually see all my guys like as a physical person. So like in the room, moving around, having conversations. That's just how my guys always show up to me, which was very unfortunate when I used to have a lot of fairies pop in because one of them used to like to sit on top of my steering wheel while I was driving, and that was dangerous. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, I, I actually do see them with my physical eyes. Wow, that's really cool. I don't get I don't get visuals on things like that. Are there other ways that they might make themselves known to us, if not in that particular way? Absolutely. So sometimes it could be through music. Um, I had a client who, like, if a like she knew her angels based on what type of music was playing at any given time. Like, so if she was looking for a solution or if she had done some ritual and say jazz came on, she knew what angel that was. Um, if country and western came on, she knew which angel that was. So like they can come through song. Um, they can come through color. So color is also a way that they can come through. Um, maybe if you're seeing a lot of blue and you're thinking to yourself, wow, why am I seeing so much blue right now? That could be like one of your angels so you would need to, like, sit down in meditation and, like, try and ask for the name. Like, okay, so uh, if this is an angel and you are showing up as blue, could you at least give me a little hint on maybe who you are? I would love an introduction. And then see if you can get that name either through meditation or through automatic writing. The other way is automatic writing. Um, angels mm. and guides often come to us when we do automatic writing. We start with a question. Um, the big thing with automatic writing is that you've got to get rid of your doubt mind. Like, so you've got to just stop. you just got to say, I don't care if I am just making all this up. I'm just going to flow with it. Because I think that's the biggest trip up for automatic writing. People are always like, well, how do I know it's not me? doesn't matter. Just write it down. Just go with it. Just go with it. Um, another well, way that yeah. they can show up can be in flowers. I've had a client who would get flowers um, or randomly see a flower and she would know exactly which angel that was. Cool. And numbers too, right? I mean, the angel numbers, right? Obviously, because I wrote a whole book about that. Yeah. Didn't I? Exactly. <laughs> Hey, there's nothing wrong with plug-in previous work. I'm just saying. I, I, I know sometimes publishers are like, don't talk about old stuff. It's like, no, 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 it's all relative. Guess what? We're going to talk about the old books and the new books. Absolutely. Because you have a large body of work. And you have, and I just have to brag on you a little bit, if that's okay. Because you've done some of the most beautiful tarot decks I've ever seen. 
Um, your soul no, caps you. is one of my absolute, absolute favorites. As a matter of fact, we were talking about soul caps the last time you were on, but we were also talking about Tarot Priestess, which was phenomenal, just saying. Um, but go get that, too. Um, and, you know, you just have such an extensive body of work. It's, it's really incredible. It's like you never stop. I, I don't remember you having a gap in, in putting things out every single year. I mean, you are one of the most productive creators and writers I know. So I'm, you know, I bow down to your productivity and your creativity, obviously. Um, but but back, back to the angels uh, we go. Um, I am going to try to do the automatic writing because, as you said, I do quest, is this me? And it's like you keep saying, it doesn't matter. Just keep doing it. So I'm going to definitely give that a whirl because I have the feeling because I don't have the visual sense that you do, be them, that 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 may be my only way of having someone come through in that regard. Um, I think it's a question of trust the process that you've laid out, because the process you've laid out is pretty, it's, it's pretty specific. There's lots of room, but it's specific. So folks like me who are new at this, thank you for writing a guidebook. So I've got to ask the next question, which is, how do you negotiate with them? I mean, you obviously have, I mean, because it seems like for you, they are very present and you are able to interact with them. And, you know, you wrote this book. So was this book written by committee, as it were? Pretty much, pretty much. So when I sit down to, to do anything, regardless of whether it's a deck or whether it's a, a book, um, I do spend about a week in meditation, and not continuously, but I do spend a week where I do a little bit more intensive meditation practice each day. And I will actually ask the energies to come forward. And I will say, okay, so I am thinking about doing this or you've been giving them giving me pretty strong nudges around this could we have a discussion on maybe who's going to be in it like who's going to step forward and and what would you like to talk about um and so I go through this process with with everything I create and for this particular book I already knew how I wanted to format it so I already knew it was going to be month to month there was going to be something every day. So I needed 12 very specific angels and 12 topics that kind of worked like a curriculum. So I already had my map laid out. So when I would go into meditation and I would have these conversations, I already knew the direction. So I was very much directing the context of how the information was going to come in. And then the angels would just present themselves and they'd be like, well, hey, I'd like, I think I might, you know, I'd be a good fit for this and I think we could do this and I think this would work really well on this month. And then that's just how it kind of went. And then as it came to writing the chapters, because I do a lot of channeling work 
anyway, um, I would just sit and sometimes I'd have to sit for a minute <laughs> and I would write and I would have to wait until that connection kind of hit and then I'd go back and delete the stuff that wasn't in the connection and then write out the, the, um, the proper message for the day. So that kind of was how the process for that particular book was. Wow, that's pretty fascinating. Um, were there any, um, not arguments, but what, was there any pushback? Did, did, did any of them try to vie for the same topic? Or was it really, did it really just flow? Um, no, it just flowed. Like, competition is a human thing. <laughs> It's okay. not something that it's not something we find in the other realms per se. So um, it's not really something that the angels are terribly concerned about. Like they might they might have said, "Well, what do you think of this, or what do you think of that?" And like I had a couple mm-hmm. of them like go, "You know what? You go because I'm going to be in book number whatever." And I was like, "That's very presumptuous of you, but okay." <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're saying you're not going to do this again, but I think everybody knows you're going to. Maybe not. Well, you. not in <laughs> not not in this format. Not in this particular format. This was actually a really okay. difficult hard book to write. So writing something for every single day. So writing those 365 day prompts and keeping it within the context of like a curriculum really was difficult. And I have a degree in education, so like I know how to write curriculum. <laughs> right. And so even, and so, even, so tell, tell me why this was so hard then, because you have the perfect background for it. It was just really difficult. It seems like it would be easy. So like when I sat down to write it, I thought it was going to be really super easy. Um, it did not turn out to be easy at all. <laughs> it did not turn out to be easy at all. Yeah. But you know what? Tarot, tarot Priestess was a bit like that too because I was like, oh, this won't be too bad. This will actually be pretty good. We'll be able to bring these goddesses in. We'll be able to have this total spin on it. And then I uh-huh. got as to news like, nah, slow your roll. I'm only going to give you like one line a day. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, Tower Priestess is a beautiful book too. I mean, you you've got a beautiful writing style, and it flows. And and this book flows just like your other books flow. And it, it's really, I understand that the easier something looks on the outside, the harder it was to break it down into understandable pieces for other folks. And I think. That's lost on folks who don't write. You know what I mean? Like the the harder, exactly. uh, the easier is the easier you're able to make it for me. I'm just going to use me as the example. The more thought you had to put into every bit of it so that I could translate it into my life. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and you know. Kudos to my editors, too, because we did go backwards and forwards a little bit on some stuff because we really did want to make it as easy as possible. So there were some places, like the original text didn't have the check-ins, 
So the check-ins came later. Like there was a lot of stuff that was added to this book to make it as easy for the reader as humanly possible. So we kind of developed it in layers because we kept just asking that question, is this going to be easy for newbies? Is this going to be easy for people to come in? So we were modifying it and layering it and, and keeping this process going all the way right up until print. Um, so it really was a group effort between the Angels, myself, and the editorial team at Llewellyn to really pull that off. And so to hear you say that just lets me know that all of that hard work paid off because it did take us a while to, like, really nail it. How long did this book take to conceptualize and then write? So the book idea itself, the, the book idea and the contract itself was, I mapped out maybe 18 months before I actually sat down and wrote it because I've got a pretty busy schedule. Um, so mm. I tend to stagger contracts. So like I'll go through a cycle where I do a lot of creating and then we contract work and then I do a lot of producing. And then I move back into the next cycle of I'm creating and then I'm producing. So this was in one of those cycles of creation. Um, and then when I had to produce it, I actually had to write it back to back with the Mermaid Magic book. So it, was, it didn't get a lot of time to be written, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Ow. That's a tremendous <laughs> undertaking on two very separate subjects. Yeah, those books were written back to back. So I finished one and I literally rolled into the next one. Oh, God, that's exhausting. <laughs> I, I hear authors all the time, you know, they finish a book and it's like, I need a year off from writing. And you just. Oh, I do need a year off from writing. <laughs> I mean, I, that would be lovely, but, you know, it seems like. You're constantly, you know, getting this inspiration to continue to write. I mean, I'm not fooled for a minute. I'm sure you're writing or conceptualizing your next book already. Um, no no stop in your game. Um, you know, I <laughs> would love it if you write it. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But I would love it if you wrote a book about meditation. Because I think I could learn a lot. Just saying. It's an idea. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to write it. about meditation. I don't know if I'm allowed to write about meditation. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you don't know if you're allowed? Excuse me? I, I don't, don't understand that statement. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Traditionally published authors do have to comply to a set of rules when it comes to books that they pitch. And a lot uh -huh. of times we are niched into very specific categories. Um, and so oftentimes writing outside of those defined niches isn't always a possibility. Um, so it is one of those things of it's, Maybe. I won't rule it out, but I wouldn't say uh -huh. it would be something I would do in the immediate future. <laughs> right. Well, okay, I'll accept that. But I, I think you would write a banging 
meditation book. I, my opinion, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so it seems like you've been connecting with your angel guides for a super long time. How far back have you had this connection? Well, I've been working with them consciously since 2009, but I have been connected to my main angel, Archangel Uriel, since I was five. Wow. So a while. Because I'm wow. old now, so it was a while. <laughs> I'm older. Shush. So let me ask: when you were when you were that young, when you were five, did you realize that you had your angel guide with you, or is that something you had to reflect back on and say, "Oh, you were there then too"? Yeah, no, I definitely wasn't conscious of it at the time, but. Right. When I kind of came into conscious, you know, alignment, I'll call it, with the angelic realm, and Uriel sat me down and he walked me through my life and he started to go, yeah, that was me, Uh, that was me, Uh, that was me. And I was like, oh, well, that actually makes a lot more sense than what I thought it was. (laughs) So it was one of those kind of like life reviews under angelic mentorship, I guess you could say. That's super cool. I had a reading once, and the person who gave, and this is like over 25 years ago, and the person I went to the reading for said that I had um, an angel guide, gave me the angel guide's name um, or something close to the name, and and he said, this is the guide that's with you. And sometimes I would talk to that entity's name, not sure if that entity was with me. And now it makes me want to go back and, like, really tap into that energy because I feel like I've done it a disservice by not taking it more seriously. Yeah, the angels don't hold grudges, that's for sure. Probably lucky for us. Um, But they're just there waiting for when we're ready. So it's like if you were to tap into that energy again, they would just be so happy that you were there. It would be more like, oh, my God, I am so glad you're here. I have so much to tell you. How long do we have and will you be coming back? Kind of like think of them as, and I don't want to be reductive when I say this, I'm like a dog. You know how happy your dog is to see you when you come home or um, and like your cat who's like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. I was going to starve to death. Um, a dog is more like, <laughs> I missed you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I love you so much. You're so perfect. You're my human. That's how the angels are. Wow. So that's what love is, I guess, or supposed to be. <laughs> they, ha- they teach us so much about unconditional love and about how there is wow. no expectation at all. There's no expectation. There's no judgment. There's no punishment. There's no reward. There's just this flow of beautiful, unconditional love, and they will meet you where you are every single time. 
time. Wow. I am being blown away because I will tell you, you know, people throw this word around, love, like they understand it, and they really don't. I, You know, I don't know, and I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off, but fuck it, I don't care. Um, I have more than one child, as a lot of people do. And, you know, I, I hear this bullshit all the time. Oh, I love my kids equally. I, I love them exactly the same. That's not even possible, much less without judgment. You want to say without condition? Sure, go ahead, say that. But there's always judgment, and there's always something that makes love different with different people. And, you know, it astounds me, because we say the word love, and I think only our limited experience informs that love, and there's so much more to love than what we understand. And that's what I'm hearing you say, (laughs) which is great. Right. Well, I mean, humans can't even get romantic love right. So it's one of these things of we're definitely got a long way to go before we truly grasp the concept of what love without any attachment to it is. Because we've all been conditioned that love is a reward and punishment system, that we fulfill Ooh, a criteria yeah. in order to receive mm-hmm. it, and if we don't, it's withheld. And we've all been oh, yeah. conditioned that way, from our parents to our teachers to our social circle to our intimate partners. That is how yeah. we have learned what love is. That is not what love is when it comes to the angels. For the angels, they have nothing but pure, divine, unlimited love. That you get it regardless of what you've done. You get it regardless of what you do. You get it regardless of who you are. There is no criteria in order for them to love you. There is no criteria in order for them to continue to love you. There is no criteria in order for them to send you love whenever, wherever you need it in your life. And that is so totally different from our biased, egotic mind concept of love. And that is another reason it can be very difficult for people to stay in the energy of the angels because we don't know what to do if we don't have to jump through hoops. And that just says a lot about humanity as it is conditioned to be, as in just spiritual soul existing for the sake of existing. Okay, so I'm trying not to cry, (laughs) and I'm having a hard time because, you know, as most people, certainly most people who you know, were raised in abusive situations or had intimate relationships with abusers. Um, The idea of being loved just for existing is such a foreign concept, especially if you've gone through some shit like most of us have, that, I mean, 
I, I don't even know what to say about that. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, <laughs> for sure. But that's, wow, that's, that's pretty intense. I, I hope folks will be open to this because, you know, the love that we think we have earned, because for humans, it's like you said, it's all conditional. It's punishment and reward. It's what have you done to deserve love? And what you're saying is you don't have to deserve it. You just have it. And that's... Yes, exactly. There is that's no a new deserving. concept. That's, that's a new concept, I think, for most of us, to be honest with you. Exactly. And, and the most difficult one for us to grasp, and I'm a domestic violence survivor and a, and a rape yeah. survivor, um, and one of the most difficult concepts for us to understand when we're in the presence of these beings is we get to be unconditional to ourselves. And that's where shit gets serious because we withhold from ourselves all the time, especially those of us who have suffered severe trauma because we automatically think there must be something wrong with us. In order for someone to do so much harm to me, I must be the problem. And when you Mm -hmm. step into Mm -hmm. the realm of the, when you step into the realm of the angels, they take that from you and they show you that you are worth more than you could possibly imagine. That that love that you can give to yourself is so big and so strong that it could heal those wounds. And that is absolutely terrifying if you have never experienced that before. You're not kidding. Wow. Lisa, I, I don't know what to say after that. That is just like that. That's the message right there. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with this conversation right now because I am just blown away. As I think a lot of people who are going to hear this or are listening to this now are probably thinking, like, really? We can have that? That's incredible and amazing. And I, I'm just going to say I am going to do everything I can to open myself up to that because, I, yeah, who doesn't want that? You know, and I'm sure there's going to be when you, when you first accept and, and come into this um, space with your angel guides that it must be like, I don't know, standing under a waterfall and feeling all of those emotions and, you know, I think a lot of us will just start sobbing immediately once it starts to happen. The first time you realized it, did you just completely have a meltdown? I ran away. <laughs> wow. It was too much. It was, wow. it was too intense. It was too intense. Well, even today, like, I still have to come in in small parts. Um, and I think that's the other beautiful thing about working with the angels is they meet you where you are. If you can only take a thimbleful, then that's, that's fine. If you can only take a dropper, they're fine. If you want to stand under a full-fledged shower and experience it full thrust, that's good too. Um, but there is, as I said, because there's no reward, there's no criteria, there's no judgment, there's no expectation. It's just you saying, 
I would like to experience this, feel like maybe this is all I can deal with right now, and they are like, that is the perfect amount to you. And when you're ready for some more, we will be here to give it to you. That's just amazing. So since you've written this book, have you had or do you continuously have new angels come into your life? Yes, continuously. Well, actually, since <laughs> okay, so this is a bit of a funny story. Because remember at the beginning okay, I told cool. you I was very resistant and I don't know why <laughs> why they come to me at all. So <laughs> right. at the beginning of this year, I was like, screw it. You guys want to go on this journey? Fine. We'll go on this journey. I promise I won't block the journey anymore. And they were like, excellent. We don't believe you, but excellent. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm going to stay open. Let's just see what happens. So one of the things that did come out of the Angel Numbers book was the Angel Tarot deck. So that will be finished. The production of that will be finished this year. So that's coming up, which has been absolutely beautiful to see come to life. And that has um, Akashic angels in it. So we've got another new lot of angels coming through with that deck, as well as the archangels and the everyday angels. And, of course, our ode to the queen of angels, Mary. Um, We do have another book that I will be writing next year. And there is more stuff that is coming up from them. So, yeah, they're, they're being very excited but uh, about what is coming next. So there is definitely new angels coming. There's definitely more new content coming. But we're going to do it a lot more slowly this time because it is time for me to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if they let you, Yeah. <laughs> they 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 will because they were the ones who said okay if we're going to do this journey we're going to do it slowly and so yeah every so often there'll be like someone dressed up in like costume in my office and I know it's one of the angels being a goofball but like you know Archangel Michael likes to come in as a pirate um, I've had like you know one dressed up in a unicorn costume I've had like ballerinas, you name it, they're probably paraded through my office. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I love it. So when is, when are the cards coming out? We finished production on that deck this year. So I am thinking it's usually like a 12-month cycle from beginning to end. So I'm guessing maybe the end of next year, the end of 2024. I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a release schedule for it, but I'm guessing. Well, you know, you've got to come back on for the cards. You, ha- you just have to. You have to come back on. Because this hour is shot, and, and it's like I, I want to talk to you for six more hours, and, and I know we can't today, but um, you definitely have to come back, please, because this is just fascinating. We will do it, but let's wait till we get the release date on the day. (laughs) Okay. Well, before we go, tell people how to reach you or where they can find you. The best way to find me is usually on social media. So I'm on both. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Twitter. Um, So 
look for my name. I, I know there's tons of scammers on social media. I get it. Uh, and it's really hard to get verified. So I'm the Lisa Robertson on Instagram, just Lisa Robertson on Twitter, and I think it's the Lisa Robertson on Facebook too. Very cool. And the website is lisarobertsonwrites.com. See? That's I correct. To say it. I know. <laughs> I, I forget so about I my website all the time. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, we've got to, got to include it. So I just want to encourage everybody. The book is um, it's an introduction to 12 new guardians, a year of angel guidance. I highly recommend if you need things broken down in small chunks, um, it's a wonderful book. If you want to apply it to your practice, absolutely. Um, if you are first getting into uh, recognizing and wanting to work with your angels or you want some of the love that we were just talking about, which to me is so exciting, um, this book is your gentle way in and Lisa takes you step by step. And I got to tell you, I love this book. Lisa, I love you. I think you're amazing. Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I really appreciate it. I love our chat. It's great. You're one of my favorite hosts. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. And please send my love to your lovely wife. I shall. <laughs> That's wonderful. And we will get together shortly and, and book another date. I, I, it was a thrill and an honor. Thank you again, and I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye. Wow, guys, was that not something? Seriously, check it out. Uh, a year of angel guidance. Fantastic. Lisa Robertson is just one of the greatest writers and creators. Love her to pieces. Anyway. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday with uh, the House of Black Cat Magic um, and the folks who run this upcoming establishment. Very excited about it. But until then, have a wonderful weekend. Be blessed and be careful out there. Good night, my little desperados. <laughs>